Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Morning Devotion. Thank you for joining up with us in this pivotal season and being a part of this great morning devotion family. Truly, this is the day the Lord has made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it, and we're going to see some amazing things happen in our lives. Through this morning devotion, we gather together Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Central, or whenever you can join in. We dive into the Word of God together. We strengthen one another We leave prayer requests out to the side. We chat out to the side. We tell lame jokes out to the side. We just encourage one another in the Lord. And that's what we're doing this Wednesday morning, July 29. Welcome to each of you, uh, either right now live or whenever you can join up with us. Someone in this group may have shared it with you. Thank you for doing that. What a day to be alive. Yeah, I said it. What a day to be alive. So Millie and Brendan, Lasagna and Jonathan, Trenton, what a day to be alive. Any student of history knows from great affliction emerges great character. And the greatest testimonies come from the greatest testing. That when sin abounds, grace does much more abound. When the enemy comes in like a flood, there is a spirit of God that's going to raise a standard. That when the going gets rough. God promised in his word he would lash our feet with shoes of iron and brass. And as our days are, so shall our strength be. There is strength here. So Sandra and Allison and Ryan and Angie and Georgia, Virginia, Ted, thank you. Thank you. We've got sufficient grace and sufficient strength. We're going to make it through this day. We're going to make it through this age. We're going to encourage one another. Amen. Amen. So welcome to Morning Devotion. Uh, let's see. What's the, what's the deal? Follow the page. Like the page. Share the page. We are experimenting. Did a lot of work yesterday on coming to those who are not on Facebook in another format. Share more about that with you, hopefully, next week. We're anticipating 21 days of prayer and fasting beginning Sunday, this Sunday, August 2nd. That's how this devotion began a year ago. And at the end of this week, God willing, we will have finished 250 of these devotions. Took a couple of weeks off last Christmas, if I remember right. Other than that, we've been coming to you for 52 weeks. Didn't plan on it, but here we are. We're still doing this. And as long as it's a source of encouragement to you and we're able to do it and God gives grace. So this Sunday, this Sunday morning, we're going to be returning to how it began, a time of devotions. I'm going to be focusing on the all-sufficient one, the sufficient God, the God who is more than enough. 21 days of that. You don't want to miss any one of them. And uh, join with this group and encourage others to join. And during the devotion, starting Sunday, we're going to be leaving, urging you to leave prayer requests, and we'll be having prayer teams going through these requests throughout the day and the night praying. Fasting, choose a method that is good for you, that's healthy, 
God chooses the fast. Is this not the fast I have chosen, he asked, to loose the bonds of oppression? Ask God how he would lead you during this time. Maybe a day, week, few days at a time, intermittent fasting, choose a method, stick with it. Why are we doing this? Because we have a simple philosophy. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Can you say amen? Are you ready for today's devotion? Give me some feedback if you're ready. I mean, oh my, my. I I, I think Jenna, James, Larice, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Here, here's my thought. It's Bethel, not Babel. You say, Brother Curly, what is that? What, what are you talking about? I, I want to describe something so fundamental and so distinct that once you get this, you're going to look through this lens at nearly everything. It's how you and I are going to navigate through this world, this pandemic world, and a post-pandemic world. It's Bethel and not Babel. Now, when I use those two words, I'm using, I'm using words that go way back to the book of beginnings. They extend through the Bible in one form or another, from the Old to the New Testament. And you can see everything. Everything that matters in the rest of the Bible through the lens of these words Bethel, not Babel. Let's go back to Genesis. What do you find in Genesis? Pretty much everything in the book of Genesis. Faith in the beginning God. You find the kingdom of plants, animals, fish, the created world. You find humanity. So anthropology, astronomy, geology, meteorology. You find all of that stuff in the book of beginnings. You find marriage and family there in the book of beginnings. You find sin redemption, altars, prayer, sacrifice. You you look into the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, and you're going to find suffering and dreams and promises and deliverance and miracles. You'll even see the second coming of the Lord Jesus in the book of Genesis, because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, that's Genesis, as it was in the days of Lot, that's Genesis. Heaven, you see heaven in the book of Genesis, paradise lost will one day be paradise regained, the tree of life in both Genesis and Revelation. You get the picture? When you go back to the book of beginnings, it's the homiletical law of first mention, the first things. When you get into the book of beginnings, you are seeing God in his fullness and as he demonstrates himself. And it's also in Genesis chapter 11, you're going to see the beginning of religion, Babel was the beginning of religion. You see, Satan is the master counterfeiter, and he will counterfeit true religion with false religion. Oh, get this. He offers Babel rather than Bethel. Why? Because Satan knows mankind has the power of choice. And as in the majority of cases, we're going to choose the false over the true and the counterfeit over the genuine and the temporal over the eternal. He knew that, and that's why he was just hanging out in a tree in the garden, the serpent was was not found, was not found in the tree of life. He was not going to be found in the tree that God wanted Adam to eat of, uh, and Eve to eat of and live forever with him. No, he was found in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that would bring death. Babel was the beginning of religion, but it was prefigured in that old tree. Man was told to eat 
of that tree and that could be like God, knowing good and evil, that man had within his ability to be God, to be like God, to be a God all by himself and of himself, to be the king of the whole world. Man ate that fruit and down through time, you see it again and again, and it's formalized as Babel, our mystery Babylon. Let's go back to the Bible story. The flood happened, eight souls saved by water. That's what the Bible says, eight souls saved by water. And the commandment was repeated, the same commandment given to Adam and Eve in Genesis 1 was repeated to Noah and his family in Genesis 8. Now, you need to be fruitful, you need to multiply, you need to take dominion, and you need to fill and subdue the earth. And generations were born, but rather than filling the earth, they just kind of herded together, and they remained together in one place, sort of like the apostles in Jerusalem in Acts 1 and 8. Jesus told them you need to reach your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth, but it took something cataclysmic for them to leave Jerusalem and go to others and go to the lost and to the uttermost parts of the earth with the gospel. They camped out rather than spread out. They homesteaded rather than pioneered. They got complacent rather than growing adamant and on fire with the gospel. God told Noah's successors, you need to spread out, take dominion of this globe. And they moved a bit. The Bible says they moved a little to the east. They moved eastward and they settled in the plain of Shinar. That's where they settled. They just all settled down there, or Babylon is what it's called, the so-called cradle of civilization in Mesopotamia. I said Mesopotamia because that's just a fun word to say. Try it. Mesopotamia. Yeah, isn't that a great word? Yeah, it's a cornucopia of linguistic delight to say the word Mesopotamia. So they stayed there in Shinar. They said, we've gone far enough. We've gone far enough. And they elect this guy named Nimrod to be their king. He's called a mighty hunter, which basically means he's a God fighter. He doesn't like God. He doesn't want the people to spread out. He doesn't want to obey. God. He said, just stay put, stay under my control, stay under my rule and reign. We're just going to settle right here because Nimrod's is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, not God's. We're going to stay right here. And they glorified the work of man. We're talking Babel. He said, let's build a tower. Let's make a name for ourselves. Let's build it higher than any flood water God can send on this earth. Let's build it to reach the heavens themselves. We can do that. We can do that. We can worship without obedience. We can be spiritual without being righteous. We can do it all by ourselves. Thank you very much. We don't have need of anybody. We certainly don't need God. That word tower was a pyramid-like structure structure with steps. It allowed the worshiper to ascend into the heavens and to ascend in the heights to be like the most high God. We don't need God to come down. We'll just step up to the plate and be gods in ourselves. Yeah, that's Babel. So understand, understand today that you have a choice. Man's religion is always an attempt 
to be God. That's Mystery Babylon. That's what was in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what was on the plain of Shinar called Babylon. It's the deceit of all ages is that somehow I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I can be whatever I want to be. I don't need God. But one morning God said, you know, we're going to mess this up. Separated the language. People showed up to worship and to worship their gods and they couldn't understand one another. Until that time, everybody spoke the same language. But now they were divided and they were scattered abroad and the migration began and people began to group according to their languages. Hundreds of years would pass. And in that time, we read of a man named Abraham leaving Mesopotamia, leaving that land of the Chaldees uh, and looking for a city whose builder was maker with God to look for something that was not man-made. He began to build altars and worship God and receive promises from God. And Isaac was born and then Jacob was born. 17 chapters in Genesis. 17 chapters after Babel. True religion was finally found. And it was found at Bethel. And there on the Mount of Bethel, heaven came down. On that mountaintop, heaven condescended. Man didn't build and get to heaven, but heaven came down to earth. And in his vision that night, Jacob saw a golden staircase. He saw angels descending and ascending. He saw the ancient of days at the top of that ladder. And Jacob understood. He finally got what they didn't get in the garden. And they didn't get in the plain of Shinar. Is that in false religion, man comes first. But in true religion. God comes first. In false religion, man says, I can do this all by myself. But in true religion, God's got to show up. Who was it? Was it Tozer that said the concern of American Christianity is take God out of the equation and 90 something percent of what we do would keep on going along. False religion says, I can do it by myself. I can design my own salvation. But true religion, Bethel says, I need a savior that comes down from above. False religion says, I can carve out my own niche. I can fashion my own ideas. I can have it my way, my preferences, my own course. But true religion is going to pray the prayer of Gethsemane, not my will, but thine be done. False religion, Babel says, I can bridge the gap. I can make up the difference between earth and heaven. I can get good enough and holy enough and spiritual enough. I can build my own name, my own reputation, weave my own destiny, my own tapestry. But true religion says, uh-uh, that's not how it happens uh, because all I do, all I am is for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and whatever I do, it's because he made an investment in me. It was Edmund Clowney that said it like this. True religion does not come from man's quest, but from God's intervention. God must come down. Babel says, I can come to God on my own terms. But Bethel says, uh-uh, God's going to come to us on his terms. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in that. I feel the presence of the Lord. So Becky and Ginger and Neva and Don, I just want to, I want you to know 
that the ultimate example of heaven coming down was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember what he told Nathaniel or Bartholomew? He said, you, you know what? Uh, you were impressed that I prophesied that you were sitting under a fig tree, but you're going to see something. You're going to see the heavens open, and you're going to see the angels descending and ascending upon the Son of Man. In other words, Jesus is God's intervention into this world. The Pharisees were building a Babel, but Jesus was bringing a Bethel. He was tabernacling with man. You can't build this thing. God's got to bring it into our midst. So can I get a witness right there? Oh, praise God. Let me just stop here just a moment, just a moment. In each generation, in each year of our lives, we're going to have a chance. Maybe today, right now, today, you're going to have a chance to do it God's way or man's way. You're going to have a chance to eat from the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You're going to have a chance to worship at Bethel where God intervenes or Babel where you do it by yourself. Oh, my. It looks like this in our daily lives. I don't think God cares about what I do. That's Babel speaking. God does care about what I do. That's Bethel. Look at it like this. Look at it like this. Here's a Bible kind of prayer. Well, I can pray like nobody else. I've been known to tie up 1,000 devils by their forked tails in just a single minute. I can pray and even the angels in heaven stop shouting holy to the Lord to hear what I have to say. I'm pretty much the most spiritual person I know. That is Babel. That is Babel, and we apostolics are in danger of keep build, of keeping building that tower of Babel. Because when you're relying on yourself and you're relying on your own gifts and own abilities, uh, you're just building a man-made religion. What we need more of is less so-called spiritual people that stand in the temple and say, look at me. We need more of those publicans that will shout out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In other words, God, come down, come down. I can't get to you. So will you come to me? If this COVID-19 crisis has revealed anything, here's one thing it's revealed, that the faith of many was wrapped up in a building, that if they could get to a certain place, uh, they could touch heaven. Now, I appreciate our church buildings. I do. Uh, but when the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, appeared, he didn't require a house. Uh, all he needed and all he still needs is a heart. Uh, we look to the house, but God is looking for a heart. Uh, we mistake Babel for Bethel, and we do it again and again and again. But now is the day to bring break out uh, and say, I'm going to have an encounter with God because the greatest need of our hour, you hear me morning devotion group, the greatest need of our hour, Karen, Ginger, Susie, and Ashley is not a vaccine, is not a cure. It's not for the schools to open. It's not to get back to business as usual. It's not to get back to church as normal. The greatest need is to shake off Bible's influence and get back to Bethel and find God in the midst of where we are. It's to say with Jacob of old, uh, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I can't rely on the power of the flesh. I'm looking 
to the spirit. I need heaven to come down on this bleak, bleary landscape. I need a Bethel experience, not a Babel experience. I don't need to see how much I've grown. I need to see, God, how much you can come down into my midst because it's when he comes down that the miracles began to happen. It's when he comes down that great things began to unfold and we become the people he wants us to be. It's when he comes down that peace and joy and strength come down with him. Oh, morning devotion group. We need to invite the Lord into our world. Quit trying to climb into the heavens and lift your face to the heaven and say, not going to happen. I'm not going to make it unless I get a Bethel experience. Heaven, you can come down, condescend to my level. Let me give you just one more thing in closing, and it's one of the most beautiful things. When Jesus said, you're going to see, you're going to see. Now, let me let me just contrast Jacob. Jacob saw a staircase, angels ascending and descending. Yeah, yeah, and he saw the ancient of days at the top. But Jesus told Nathaniel, you're going to see that golden staircase, but that golden staircase is me, the son of man. And you're going to see angels descend and ascend on me. You know what he was saying? He was saying, Yahweh, Jehovah, I am. In other words, I am living proof that the answer that you need is going to come down from heaven above. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from God. And he wants to help you today. And he wants to help me today. I wish you would just proliferate uh, this message right now. We need a Bethel experience, not a Babel experience. Uh, We don't need to get back to the ordinary and customary and business as usual. We need heaven to intervene in the end of July 2020. Uh, We need all of heaven to come down in our midst. And I believe he will. I believe he wants to. I believe he's just waiting He's waiting for a conduit of faith to flow through. And I believe that's you. And I believe you've got what it takes. Heaven is waiting to show himself strong. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. Remember, this Sunday, we start 21 days of prayer and devotion. Loop people in, invite them into this. And God bless you. Leave your prayer requests. Leave victory reports out to the side. And let's believe God for some amazing things. God be with you today. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.